here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott with our Week 12 starts and sits. Uh, we're going to try to give you an idea of who we like and who we don't like based on the matchups for Week 12. We don't have any bye weeks, so you know everything's on the table for once in a, in a long time. Folks, we really appreciate it. Uh, for those that listen out there, please you know share this with your friends. Uh, you know, we'd like to share our fantasy football knowledge with you. So again, we do appreciate. Listen to us on Apple Podcast, on Podbean app. Uh, you can get to us also with some links that we do have on our website, www.thenineroutffb.com. Uh, you can shoot us an email if you're interested in touching base with us here at the show. Uh, that's also there, but it is thenineroutffb at gmail.com. Uh, if you're into social media, you can hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is at the nine route one. Uh, I am also available at Scott from Delco, D-E-L-C-O. Uh, for those that know, for those that don't know where that is, uh, we are both in the Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, tri-state area, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so again, you know, Eagles talk, fantasy football, we're always willing to uh, lend an ear and our opinion, especially in the fantasy football stuff. Make sure, please, when you when you go and, and listen, we, we appreciate the listens, we really do. But uh, they only track the the follows. So please make sure that you go and follow. Even if you don't listen, honestly, we'd rather you follow than actually listen to us. Uh, just just follow the show. Please click that little plus in the upper right-hand corner if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Click the subscribe button on YouTube if you're listening to us there. All the different uh, you know apps. We're on iHeartRadio, Google Play Store, all that stuff. They all have a little different way to um, follow the show. But uh, please, please make sure that you're following the show, not just listening. We do appreciate the listens, but the follows is what helps the show grow. So we do appreciate you following as well. Yes, I am ready to get into our start sits for Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to be hearing this episode a little bit earlier than you normally do. Normally, we, the start sits, we don't pick any of the Thursday night players. And we put this out Friday morning, but because of obviously all the extra games that are going on on Thursday this week, we wanted to make sure that we got this episode out to you beforehand. It'll help you make those decisions for your Thanksgiving Day game so that you can sit back and relax and enjoy your dinner without stressing about your fantasy football lineups. All right. Our review of week 11. Scott, you finally made up some ground. You won our head to head. You won our head to head matchups. Seven to three, I am giving you credit for uh, the one player that you have that did not play yet. You actually, strangely enough, didn't have a great week overall. It was just my week was so terrible that you end up beating me seven to three. Uh, but you did go two, six, and one with James Conner still playing tonight. But unless he scores like 30 fantasy points, uh, you're going to go, you're going to go up seven to three in the head to head for this week. I was two and eight. So that's not good. Definitely need to do better this week. And like I said, we mentioned last week that you going first for the first time, and maybe that changes some things around. So uh, I did beat you to the uh, the show sheet today. So hopefully uh, for me, that's that's some good news. Our uh, our overall head to head, I am still ahead by six, fifty seven to fifty one. 
let's see let's see who we got going for this week let's see who we have to uh to hopefully be thankful for next monday when we record again <laughs> uh are you leading or am i you you won the head to head so it is completely up to you <sighs> that's interesting did i go first last week uh i believe you did okay then well we're gonna we're gonna take that mojo to the bank I'm going to go with my start of the week at quarterback. Uh, It's kind of an odd one, so bear with me. But Davis Mills of the Houston Texans hasn't been quite everything that I thought or that a lot of people thought he had the potential to be in year two. Obviously, the team itself struggles. That's one thing. Quarterback has struggled. He's had a couple games where he has looked like a guy that's going to get over the hump. Uh, A couple 300-yard passing games. But at the end of the day, he hasn't really done much to to elicit that hype or or you know whatever. Again, it's the Houston Texans. Their offense is very tough to to follow. They have arguably uh, no real pass catching options. You know, Brandon Cooks was the guy he's fading. But I feel like this game against the Miami Dolphins is a game where they're probably going to be getting blown out pretty quick, which is going to lead to a heavy passing day, trying to get yardage and and things like that. Maybe a touchdown or two. So I'm kind of playing that angle to say that I think that Mills in a a cleanup duty, so to speak, is, is has a shot for that. Now, my only caveat with him is, unfortunately, if he's if the team's stinking up the joint too much, you could see him pulled for Kyle Allen. I hope that doesn't happen. I'd like to see Mills stay in there. Hey, you never know. The NFL's a quirky, quirky league, so sometimes these guys come out and just click on all cylinders and, and really do it to it. But I, I like Davis Mills this week, probably just doing the – the back end cleanup duty, sneaking a 300 yarder with two touchdowns and a pick, and and getting a nice little game against those Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins have been really bad against quarterbacks too. Mm-hmm. So that's a good that's a good call there. I uh, I did look at Davis Mills briefly, and then I realized that he was Davis Mills, and so I moved on to. Uh, I like the moved on to my nice. <laughs> nice moved on to my start of the week. Matt Ryan against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are the fifth worst team versus the opposing quarterback, giving up nearly 20 points per game to that position. Joe Burrow just lit them up for 355 yards and four touchdowns in week 11. Now, I know Matty Ice is no Joe Burrow at this point in his career, but Jeff Saturday has the Colts playing very well in his first two games as the interim head coach. Ryan hasn't been an ama- amazing fantasy option this year, but he has had some good fantasy games against weak defenses. He's put up 22-plus fantasy points in games versus the Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Las Vegas Raiders. And despite being benched for two weeks, he's still the quarterback 21 on the season in our league of record. I think Ryan is a good option this week against the Steelers, who just uh, really struggling to stop receivers, quarterbacks. They, they struggle against both of those positions in fantasy and uh, even with T.J. Watt coming back off of injury, that pass rush is better, but it still hasn't it hasn't done anything to help the secondary, and they're still giving up a ton of yards, obviously four touchdowns uh, this past week. So, yeah, I think Matt Ryan is a good start this week. There's a couple other streaming options. If Ryan and Davis Mills are not available, I think either one of those guys should be. But a couple other quick quarterbacks that I like this week, Ryan Tannehill, Versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Actually, they are good against the quarterback position. They're, they rank fifth against the QB. 
But I think a lot of times with Tannehill, teams get stuck trying to defend Derrick Henry and forget about the passing game. I think that's a little bit uh, what happened to the Green Bay Packers last week. So I think uh, moving forward, Ryan Tannehill could have some some good spot starts. Also like Taylor Heineke this week versus Atlanta. They've just been, again, one of those teams that's been terrible uh, against the quarterback position. They actually rank 25th versus the quarterback position. So they're the seventh worst team and also Jacoby Brissett versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay, mid- middle of the pack uh, against the quarterback position. But with this being Brissett's last game, the connection that he's had with Amari Cooper, David Njoku being back, and even Donovan Peoples-Jones playing a lot better, uh, I think the Bucks are going to score against Cleveland in this one. And uh, I think Brissett could have a, a good game trying to play keep up with, with Tampa Bay. So if you don't have access to Matt Ryan or Davis Mills, a couple other options for you at the quarterback position. Scott, who are you starting at the running back position this week? Uh, well, uh, for a lot of people that he may already be in play, but, uh, I like that Kenneth Walker, the third going against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are, are just a, a bad team, you know, offensively, there's just a lot going on, but defensively, uh, they have a lot of trouble against everything, uh, including the running back position. They give up about 21 points a game, which is huge to the position. And a guy like Kenneth Walker, who has really come on strong, obviously with the Brees Hall injury, is pound for pound. He and, and Damian Pierce really look like the two good young rookie running backs to have in this league uh, for you know the foreseeable future, let alone for this season. So over the last four weeks, approximately, Kenneth Walker, we have him around RB4 in our league. Again, the guy's pretty much just done almost like what he did in, in college. Uh, now, he did have a quieter game this past week, or the last time out, I should say, against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he still ended up putting up double-digit fantasy points. Uh, from weeks 5 to 10, he was completely double-digit fantasy points. Obviously, with Rashad Penny going out, he has become the RB1. Uh, coming out of a bye week, so he should be nice and fresh. Take off the bubble wrap and get ready to run all over those Las Vegas Raiders uh, and take me to another win in our head-to-head. Yeah, I do think you're going to get this one. I love Kenneth Walker this week. He definitely has a a great matchup and is super talented. But I'm going to try my hand with Jeff Wilson this week versus the 32nd-ranked Houston Texans defense. We just talked a little bit about that Houston-Miami game. For me, Wilson has stepped right into the lead running back role in Miami since being traded right before week nine. He leads Raheem Mostert in snaps 70 to 64 and carries 26 to 17 and targets eight to six. So, you know, all of the important metrics for your running back. Jeff Wilson has been the man. And Miami's offense has just been so good this year. They rank six in points per game and second in yards per play. And I know that most of their offense comes through the air where the Dolphins rank top five in pretty much every statistical category in passing. But this week they played the Texans who just give up massive points to the running back position. They're last as far as defenses versus fantasy running backs by a full three fantasy points per game. And they just gave up 153 yards and a rushing touchdown to the commanders who only average about 116 rushing yards per game. I can honestly see. Wilson and Mostert having big games this week, but I'm going to take the guy who seems to be the number one guy and the the guy seeing more carries and more snaps and more targets in that 
offense. So yeah, I'll take Jeff Wilson this week against the Houston Texans. Uh, I do like Jeff Wilson. Have him on a couple teams, and I know people thought that moving away from San Fran and and stuff like that. But you know, yeah, he's on a on a team that knows how to use him with that head coach, and uh, I just hope you're wrong. We can both be right. You can still win, but uh, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. As long as he gets 15 points, that's that's our threshold for uh, for right and wrong. So if he gets 15, and you know Fourth, Kenneth Walker gets 35, I'm fine with that either way. 14.5. <laughs> just, just fine. Just hating now. At this point. Yeah, buddy, that's right. And I want it all PPR. Um, no, uh, moving on. Speaking of receptions, uh, number 58 in our league of record, number one in your hearts, Allen Robinson of the Los Angeles Rams. He is. He's the de facto uh, wide receiver one now. Matt Stafford can no longer ignore that he plays on the team. He actually has to throw him the football. So, again, for him to finally have a nice little breakout game, so to speak, this past week, four receptions, five targets, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, my goodness. It is possible. The four-leaf clover that is Allen Robinson finally getting to be involved in that offense is something that I think that Sean McVay is just going to make whoever's under center fine. Uh, again, you have a nice matchup against a very soft Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, they are really bad. They've tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the most touchdowns at the position. Uh, they're giving up about 25, 26 points a game to the wide receiver position. They're fifth in overall reception. So, I mean, the Chiefs we know for years have been a little bit of a punching bag. So, I like Allen Robinson this week to have a very nice game, borderline wide receiver one, depending on quarterback, against the the Chefs. Yeah, Chiefs are one of those teams that you love in fantasy football because they score points, but their defense isn't great. So you can play players on the Chiefs. You can also play players against the Chiefs. Uh, so there's, you know, there was there was always that good that good mix. You got a couple teams like that in the league every year. Detroit is a team like that. Good offense, bad defense this year. So. Uh, yeah, definitely like that call as well. I think I might be in trouble this week, but we'll see. Uh, I am going to start this week. Terry McLaurin versus the Atlanta Falcons. I correctly, by the way, in one of my few hits last week, suggested sitting McLaurin last week versus Houston due to, you know, basically the opposing passing attacks not really needing to bring a whole lot to the table when you play the Texans. But this week versus Atlanta, the commanders are going to need him. The Falcons are fifth in points scored on the season, but they also give up the second most points to opposing wide receivers in fantasy football. This is a perfect combination for Heineke, who has targeted Terry McLaurin 8.6 times per game since taking over for an injured Carson Wentz. That's tied for 11th in the league over that span, tied with guys like C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins. And he's got even more targets than guys like A.J. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown in that same span. And this game has the potential to be one of those sneaky shootout games. If the Falcons can keep their run game going the way they have so far this year, it's going to be tough for Washington to stop that run offense, that rushing offense. And then, you know, obviously Washington's going to have to score to keep up, which generally means more passes thrown. And when more passes are thrown in the Washington offense, Terry McLaurin seems to be the one soaking up most of those targets. So this week is going to be a good week for Terry McLaurin. I can see him getting double-digit targets and uh, you know, probably scoring a touchdown against a, a pretty weak Atlanta defense in the secondary. 
That is true. Uh, yeah, I think he, you know, with some of the injuries there to some of those guys and inconsistencies and, and Heineke uh, definitely looks a lot better than Wentz down there. That's that's for sure. That hurts you to say that, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. All right. So um, this next one is just going full gut, going against the grain. Damn the torpedoes and full speed ahead. Uh, over the last four weeks, he is tight end three in our league of record. On the season, he is tight end one, two, three, four, five, six, tight end seven. A uh, little touchdown dependent, but I love Jawan Johnson. Watching my baby grow from this guy that you know had him on the radar from last year and, and just this year kind of watching the progress, kind of getting more involved in the offense and watching my little bird fly from the nest and, and go out on his own and become – a legit NFL tight end. They're involving him in that offense in New Orleans, which, uh, again, different head coach, uh, possibly some of the same philosophies. He is, again, he's just doing everything that that they need him to do. You know, he's a good blocker, gets open close to the goal line, things of that nature, gets the red zone targets. Uh, he's the third most targeted player on the team. Chris Olave, obviously Alvin Kamara, but 31 catches on 47 targets, 349 yards. He's averaging 11.3 a reception. So it's not just these little dink and dunks at the goal line. He does make plays. Five touchdowns, like we said before. He's big for moving the sticks. And, and again, I know it's the San Francisco 49ers who are a very, very stingy team against that tight end position. But I feel like between Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, they're going to be a lot involved on that level, trying to keep those guys at bay. Uh, where somebody like Johnson, it may just be one big play. It could just be him getting a, you know, a, a quieter line, so to speak, and the touchdown to get him into double digits. But I still like him this week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my guy from here on out. I think it's just gonna be every week, Jawan Johnson. But I like him this week <laughs> against the, the San Francisco 49ers. So I hope he gives me something to be thankful for. Yeah, I was hyping that guy up, and then I decided to put him as my sit for last week and he, he totally blew up in my face. And now I guess you just get to keep him for the rest of the season. That's, yeah. I think nope. it's fair. I nobody, it. Yeah. Nobody puts baby in a corner. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox this week versus the, the Detroit lions. The lions are bad against just about every position in fantasy football, but they're especially bad versus the tight end position. They give up the third most points to the fantasy tight end. Uh, at 12.7 PPR points per game. And it seems like the Bills finally got Knox involved last week. They targeted him team high seven times versus Cleveland. He managed to catch all seven and led the team in receptions and receiving yards. Uh, he had 70 receiving yards. He's generally a touchdown dependent tight end, but the Bills have the highest implied point total on the week, according to Las Vegas, they're implied to score 31 and a half points, uh, according to the books. So there should be some touchdowns to go around in this game. And now you may not need a streaming option this week at tight end since there's no teams on by. But again, we just mentioned in our last episode that Kyle Pitts, you know, may be gone. Uh, you know, there's other tight ends who have been underperforming. You know, there's maybe, what, four or five guys that if you have them on your roster, you can confidently start them every week. And if you're one of the teams that doesn't have one of those top four or five guys, you're going to be looking at sort of uh, streaming this tight end position every week, regardless of how many teams are on by. So uh, if you do need a streaming option, I think Dawson Knox is a very good option this week versus Detroit. 
Yeah, yeah, part of that offense, you never know. And, and again, this year he hasn't been as touchdown dependent, but we'll we'll see how he does. Uh, we're going to move on to defenses. Uh, my defensive start of the week, uh, ironically, we talked about how poor they can be, but at the same time, I kind of like the matchup this week. So, hey, what the heck, I'll go with it. The Kansas City Chiefs against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. We're, we're, we're circling this game strong this week. Um, <laughs> the Rams give up a lot of points to defenses. I mean, they, they have struggled offensively, so obviously that helps on the concepts of the point totals and, and everything else on that level. But that team with, okay, let's say Matt Stafford is out and he's been fairly ineffective as a quarterback, then you're talking Bryce Perkins, who is very green when it comes to being uh, a quarterback. Overall, like the Chiefs do quietly pick up some points. Uh, they just picked up, uh, they were just outside of double digits based on the amount of points given up last night against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. So back to back LA games. This time, too, they're at home. Uh, Rams kind of struggling. I kind of like the matchup. I mean, they've had a couple decent games this year. The previous game against the Chargers, they had double digits. They had double digit points. They had 16 points in our league of record against the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously that's a, a whole different animal, so to speak. But I like the matchup this week. I like what Kansas City will be able to do against the Rams. And I think that's a sneaky pick that's probably going to be available in a lot of your leagues against those Los Angeles Rams. And I am going to go with the Panthers this week versus the Denver Broncos. The Panthers were actually impressive last week versus a Baltimore offense that had been one of the top scoring offenses in the league so far this year. I mentioned last week that Baltimore has had a double-digit lead in every game so far this year, but that didn't happen in this one until the Ravens went up 13-3 to about halfway through the fourth quarter, which eventually ended up being the final score. I thought that was going to happen much earlier in the game, and then the Panthers were going to have to throw to keep up, which is why I had DJ Moore as my start. But that this game was close. It was 3-3 through most of the game. The Ravens ended up putting 10 points on the board in the fourth quarter to kind of pull away a little bit, but it was really a, a defensive battle this week they get to go up against a denver offense that has been you know i think disappointing isn't even a strong enough word they've been uh they've been terrible as uh, as charles barkley would say they put up just 16 points against the raiders who were the ninth worst team giving up over 24 points per game this past week i mean i think basically you can start any defense against the broncos and have at least a decent game so if you don't have one of the top defenses or maybe you do have a really good defense, but they have a tough matchup this week, I think that you can confidently stream the Panthers defense and start them this week versus the Broncos. Uh, some breaking news as we Ooh. record this start sit episode. Uh, we did talk about uh, a little bit ago in our waiver wire uh, and injury news, uh, Chase Edmonds injury and how he would be kind of insignificant and worth dropping. Speaking of dropping, the Broncos are dropping Melvin Gordon. He is being released. Uh, what? So he, yes, they are waving Melvin wow. Gordon. Uh, his time in Denver is over. Uh, Latavius Murray, obviously, we talked about being the more effective back and the, the carries leaking towards him more. Even in the earlier part of the season before Javante Williams got hurt, we did know that, again, there was going to be a little changing of the guard. And he was signed late. Uh, you know, whether that was done by his agent or the team or, or just keeping him around to make sure he was there. But yeah, after yesterday's performance, some heads had to roll. Obviously, there could be a tiny bit more to it. And I'm sure somebody will pick him up. He's still a functional running back. I think that offense may have held him back a little bit too. But yeah, according to Rap Sheet, 
Melvin Gordon, free agent. So that's somebody to maybe keep an eye on, too. If he gets dropped real quick, pick him up, hang on to him. He could end up going to a contender, uh, a team like the Eagles, for instance. Yeah, that's that's huge news. And we I had mentioned, you know, not rostering Chase Edmonds in our last episode. I, I think I have to go back on that now because uh, if they're only relying on Latavius Murray, I think Edmonds is probably going to have to be involved in this offense a little bit more now, now that Gordon is gone. So you, it goes from being a, a three-headed running back monster on a bad offense to a two-headed running back monster on a bad offense, which is still not great, but it's definitely better uh, for Edmonds that there's one less person in front of him on the depth chart. So uh, if you do have Chase Edmonds, uh, you know, hopefully you didn't drop him. As listening we, to the last as we episode. told you to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's Latavius Murray, it's Chase Edmonds, and, and Marlon Mack was that little pickup. You know, he's been on like 25 teams this season. So, yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh. I always thought Melvin Gordon was a good player too. So, yeah. I, I, not very effective this year, but, I mean, has anybody on the Broncos offense been effective this year? This is not, Pat, you this just is not say, Melvin Gordon's doing that they're terrible. Yeah, literally we're just talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what's so scary is that – you know, you, everybody sees it. The coach looks like a deer in the headlights. You got mm-hmm. a quarterback who, again, does looks like a He's show. Calling himself. the wrong audibles, apparently. Did you hear this story? No. That in last week's game, not last week, week eleven, I believe it was week ten. He saw something and he started to audible, and he audibled using the Seahawks audible terminology. And oh my Everybody God. on the field was like, "What? What is he talking about?" So that's insane. It, it's just it's bad in Denver. It, I feel bad. I actually I'm, I feel good that Melvin Gordon is getting out of that situation because it's probably a terrible place to be. I think if he does get signed somewhere else, it's it's almost guaranteed to be a better situation than what's going on in Denver. Yeah. Again, I'd, I'd love to see a team like Philadelphia that's you know going to be a playoff team, a contender, and keep them away from some of the other teams. Obviously, they got you know Kenny Gainwell's been a little disappointing, and, and Boston Scott. He's good for his two Giants games a year where he slays them. But, you know, adding a little depth to that, depending on the contract concepts, I know that's always a, a big thing. But sometimes at this point in the season, you get these guys for next to nothing based on how things roll. So, yeah, and that's uh, definitely – wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Another – you know, I could see even like, in, you know, like a team like the Rams too that struggled at running back. But we'll see. We'll see where he falls. So that being said, uh, that breaking news aside, sponsored by Rap Sheet. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, we are going to move into our sits for this week. I am sitting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I, I know some people see a little bit of a renaissance. I uh, had a nice, uh, nice big old juicy game against the Cowboys, that, that epic comeback. You're seeing Christian Watson go from guy who we thought was going to be a bust to everything they thought he would be over the last two weeks. So it is great to see that that there is a nice rapport there and everything else. Back-to-back points of 25 and 23, arguably, respectively, in the last two weeks. But going up against the Eagles on the road, a Sunday night football game, the Philadelphia Eagles defense is tops in uh, turnover differential. 13 interceptions, which leads the league. He's not big on turnovers often, you know, on that level. But this season's been a little bit different. He had three turnovers alone just against the Detroit Lions, albeit they know him. They've known him for years. He doesn't own them like he does the Bears. Uh, the Eagles, I think, are going to own Aaron Rodgers in that offense because I think they're a little ticked off. Their defense has played pretty well throughout the season. They had a little hiccup Monday night against the Washington Commanders. Uh, they played well this past week against the Colts. Uh, keeping Matt Ryan at bay, it was more of an offensive lack 
of uh, firepower, so to speak, that kind of kept that game close. But I do totally think that the Eagles are going to make uh, short work of Aaron Rodgers this week. So sit them, bench them, cut them, whatever you got to do, but don't have them in your lineup. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles have, you know, most of the way through, the Eagles are pretty much the best defense against quarterbacks. Yeah, and I'm going to stick in the NFC East, and I'm going to sit Daniel Jones versus the Dallas Cowboys. Jones turned in a pretty solid performance in Week 11, scoring 26.5 fantasy points in our league of record. And he was actually my only correct start from last week. So uh, thank you, Daniel Jones and Terry McLaurin. How do I reward him for helping me out last week? Uh, I I bench him this week versus the Cowboys. It's nothing against Vanilla Vic, as Saquon Barkley calls him. He just has a really tough matchup on a short week versus Dallas Cowboys. Uh, When he played Dallas in week three, the Cowboys held him to under 200 passing yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He did rush for 79 yards in that game, but the Cowboys have just been brutal versus the quarterback position. They're the fourth toughest matchup, giving up 12.7 points per game to the quarterback position. They also have the most sacks in the NFL, and they're sixth in takeaways with 16 turnovers forced in 10 games. Trust me, you will not be thankful if you start Daniel Jones uh, on Thanksgiving this week versus the Cowboys. Uh, kind of going the same route you did. I'm, I'm going back on my guy from last week in my running back sit of the week, Devin Singletary against the Detroit Lions. Now, hang on. I know you're saying it's the Detroit Lions. What are you talking about? For those of you that were scoring at home, obviously, uh, if you're in the area, you're definitely watching an NFC East team play a pretty mad game. Like you said, Daniel Jones had a, a reasonable one based on yards and things like that. Saquon Barkley was pretty much shut down the entire game. Uh, 15 carries, 22 yards. That's 1.5 a carry. Uh, Matt Breida was slightly involved. He scored a touchdown. He had 13 yards on three carries. Overall, Detroit isn't a bad defense against the running back position. They give up about 19 points, maybe close to 20 points a game to the position, which isn't horrible. It's not great. But one thing that I did notice is when it comes to receptions, they don't give up a lot of passing work to the running back. Uh, They have yet to be scored on as a receiving touchdown, only given up about 30, but under 40 receptions so far this year for the running back position, light on yardage. Uh, It's really in the ground game itself where they kind of get pounded a little bit. But even there, uh, again, there are some teams that are way worse than they are. Uh, To see what they were able to do against Saquon Barkley in that offense, which is going to mirror the Buffalo Bills to an extent. Brian Dayball, obviously, just one year removed from being that coach, uh, offensive coordinator, I'm sorry, of the Buffalo Bills. Now you're going to see them come in and try to do the same thing. I, I think that they have a little bit of a blueprint against that style of offense. So I will be sitting Devin Singletary this week. I am going to I'm going to pull a, a Scott here and uh, I'm going to sit a star player. Now, again, I, I did this last week. It blew up in my face. Uh, Najee Harris had not been doing it for, for fantasy managers, uh, decided to trade him, said to sit him. And then, of course, he has his best game of the season. Uh, hopefully, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you, you know, throw him in your lineup. And I'm, and I'm wrong on this one, but I do not like Cook this week versus the New England Patriots. I mean, he was a top 10 running back coming into week 11. He probably won't stay there after a a pretty subpar performance versus the Cowboys last week, but he's still been pretty solid for your fantasy football team so far. I know it's nearly impossible to sit him considering the fact that you probably drafted him in the first round, 
but he has an incredibly tough matchup on Thanksgiving against the Patriots. The Pats have only allowed four rushing touchdowns against them on the entire season. They're the second best scoring defense behind those aforementioned Dallas Cowboys, giving up just under 17 points per game. And they also rank as the number one defense against running backs in fantasy, giving up only 15.6 PPR points per game. Uh, I don't expect this to be a a very high-scoring game, uh, and neither does Vegas as the over-under is only 41.5 points. Like I said, sitting Cook is probably a luxury that you don't have, but you should definitely temper expectations against a really tough Patriots run defense this week. So, uh, you know, make sure that you don't get too overly stuffed if you have Dalvin Cook in your lineup because uh, he may make you hurl by the uh, by the night game. <laughs> uh, moving on to wide receiver, we are looking to sit this week. Again, a fairly big name guy, uh, but who's been struggling all season long. Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a Monday night matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, who are one of the best defenses uh, in stopping and holding back the wide receiver position. Uh, They have given up arguably on average about 15 points a game to the position. You're looking at an Eagles offense yesterday that came in and you had some guys that had reasonable double digits, but uh, again, nobody that would break that 15 point threshold or so that we, that we kind of do here. I think that that is something period, just on that team. Uh, Have you seen George Pickens get obviously more involved? Kenny Pickett still trying to find himself. This season, he's starting to come around a little bit, but Deontay Johnson has struggled mightily. And for a lot of people, he was a a top wide receiver pick. Uh, And right now in our league of record, George Pickens is about to pass him uh, in total points. Deontay Johnson's 39th and Pickens is 40th. They are only separated by minuscule 0.2 points in our league. Uh, so I do feel like that that is just a bad matchup. Don't be a turkey and start Deontay Johnson this week. These are getting bad. All right. Oh, they're going to uh, get worse, buddy. <laughs> we got defenses. Uh, I am going to sit uh, Darnell Mooney this week versus the Jets. Mooney salvaged his week 11 uh, with a touchdown catch in the first quarter. But after that 16-yard touchdown reception, he only had three more Catches for 13 yards for the rest of the game. The Bears just don't throw the ball enough to trust Mooney week in and week out. And in this game against the Jets on Sunday, I don't expect many passes from Justin Fields if he's even healthy enough to play because we still don't know what uh, his injury status is. The Jets defense has been a surprise to many this year, including myself. They were one of those teams that you targeted playing your fantasy assets against last year but almost overnight have become one of the better defenses in the league. They rank in the top 10 in points against and yards against this year, and they've been especially good at defending the passing game. They're fifth in yards per attempt, fourth in yards per completion, and second in total touchdown passes allowed with just nine. Plus, when Mooney does finally get some balls thrown his way, he's going to be covered by Sauce Gardner most of the time, who in his rookie year is already graded as one of the top coverage cornerbacks. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus. And I think the combination of a really good Jets passing defense and a really bad Bears passing offense leads me to want to stay away from pretty much all the receiving options in this game. And maybe even Fields, I mean, as great as he has been, it's not a good matchup for him. Hopefully he can play and still do what he does with his legs, but uh, definitely not looking at 
Mooney, not looking at Cole Komet, not really looking at any of the other pass catching options on that team. Not that you ever would be, but this is just going to be a tough game for the Bears offense as a whole. And uh, I definitely want no part of Darnell Mooney in this one. Tight end. Your favorite position. It is. It is. It is. Uh, Outside of one terrific game uh, against the New England Patriots a few weeks back, a guy who has been uh, struggling as of late, and that's thanks to his quarterback, is Tyler Conklin. Started off the year strong with Joe Flacco under center. Had three games back-to-back-to-back where looked to be, wow, okay, this guy's real. He's a legit top five option where he's getting targets, receptions, uh, and was not dependent. He only had one touchdown over that span. He had a breakout game against, again, uh, so to speak, with with Zach Wilson as uh, as quarterback against the Patriots uh, a few weeks back where basically just kind of single-handedly shredded that whole team. Now you're starting to see him struggle to do anything. Again, you're talking about six catches, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. And then in two weeks, you turn around and you put up a stinker, uh, just three and a half points. The quarterback is going to hold him back for the rest of the season. Zach Wilson stinks. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. But Tyler Conklin, for anybody who thought, hey, he's a guy to pick up and stream this week, don't do it. Please, whatever you do. They're going against the Chicago Bears that only give up about five points a game to that position. They've only given up three touchdowns to the tight end position. Not a lot of yards, not a lot of receptions. They're very tough, very stingy against that tight end position. So Tyler Conklin, guess what, buddy? You're going to be eating leftovers. You're not getting to sit at the table with the big kids. Another tight end that's going to be at the kiddie table is going to be Kate Otten for the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Cleveland Browns. I know a lot of people will start assets in Tom Brady's offense because of the fact that they're a very pass friendly offense. Uh, you know, Brady, obviously a very accurate quarterback. So completes a lot of passes and, you know, you, you think that you can sort of get away with, um, you know, starting some, some tertiary pieces from the Tampa Bay bucks offense. But this year, the targets have been really concentrated to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. When they are both healthy, they are combining for over 60% target share, which is absolutely insane. So with both of them looking like they're going to play this week, you know, no, no, nothing on the injury front for either of them. I don't see Kate Otten getting a lot of targets. Not only that, Cleveland is actually really bad against the run. They're 31st versus the running back position, but they rank fourth versus the tight end position, giving up only about 8.8 PPR points per game. I think this is a game where even though they have Brady and Evans and Godwin, I don't think that they're going to throw the ball a ton. Their defense has struggled a little bit, so this could be a little bit more of a high-scoring game than people expect. But in that instance, I I expect to see, again, Evans and Godwin getting a lot of the targets as well as Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. Kate Otten is just not uh, in a good spot against this really tough Cleveland defense against the tight end position. So if you're streaming a tight end position, Kate Otten really isn't the guy that is should be on your radar at all in, in this week's games. Uh, I do have him on some of my roster, so I'm really hoping you're wrong. I, I, I <laughs> think he's a good young player, but yes, it is. He is. It's a, it's a tough it's, matchup. Yeah. Finally. All right. Who's up for some dessert? Who wants some D? Some defense. Or who doesn't want any? Who's a little full? Uh, I don't want any 
if it's going to be those Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the better fantasy football defenses, considering how much <laughs> points-wise they were starting to leak. Uh, they definitely righted the ship. In our league of record right now, they are a top-five defense based on, you know, again, the turnovers, the takeaways, things like that that really kind of help. They have some special team action that have, that is just anything to kind of get them on the stat sheet. Uh, but this week they're going up against them. surprisingly is a very good offense. Uh, some people may not think so because they hear the name Jacksonville Jaguars and they go, well, yeah, right. They're kind of legit. They're a top eight offense in the league. They're closing in on 360 plus yards a game, uh, averaging 21 points a game, almost 22 points a game. The rushing and passing attack, it's a little more run than pass. Travis Etienne has had a very nice breakout season after the Liz Frank injury last year. Trevor Lawrence has had some ups and downs, but has some more toys and weapons to play with. And I just think that this game possibly has shootout written all over it. Obviously, we know how high flying that offense can be for the Baltimore Ravens. At the same time, I feel that this is going to be that kind of game where the Ravens just don't get what they need. They don't get enough stops. They they do give up points. Uh, and, and I don't think that they are a good start this week. So again, I would pass on this defense, I would not go with the Baltimore Ravens this week. They're going to struggle against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, the Jags are going to pass on them too, I think, a lot in this yeah. game. So I agree. A little bit. Uh, I am going to I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Cardinals are actually a good defense. I believe they're ranked fifth right now in our league of record as far as, uh, you know, fantasy defenses. And the Chargers, you know, kind of like the rest of the AFC West, except for the Chiefs, have been pretty disappointing this year. They can't seem to ever beat the Chiefs, especially in games that matter. But most of their losses have come because of their defense this year. Offensively, despite missing two of their top receiving options for multiple weeks each, they haven't been that bad. They rank in the top 10 in touchdown passes and in red zone trips, but their Achilles heel has kind of been that they haven't really converted a lot of their red zone trips into touchdowns. They only convert about 52% of their red zone trips into touchdowns. So a lot of that was in the beginning of the season. And I think now that they're starting to realize like, oh yeah, this Austin Eckler guy, uh, he finds the end zone when you give him the ball. Yeah, he's going to get the most touchdowns from the running back position in the last two years. Uh, they are starting to pick it up on offense a little bit, and they've actually been scoring touchdowns in the red zone uh, at a 74% rate over the last four weeks. So the Cardinals defense also hasn't really been as good as their fantasy numbers implied. Like I said earlier, they, you know, they're fifth right now in our league of record as far as fantasy defenses coming into week 11. But most of their fantasy output has been on the back of defensive touchdowns. They have five of them and no other team has than three i think the panthers have three and cardinals have five which is crazy to think that five defensive they're on pace for like 10 defensive touchdowns in a year which would be absolutely ridiculous obviously defensive touchdowns are nearly impossible to predict even though i almost predicted them to have one against the rams and they should have but the cardinals are actually tied for 27th uh, with the chargers strangely enough for points given up and they're 31st in red zone attempts allowed, and they're dead last in red zone touchdowns allowed. So the spot where the Chargers happen to be getting better is the spot where the Cardinals are really bad. And so even though they're a very opportunistic defense, you can't bank on opportunities against a good quarterback like Justin Herbert. 
and a good offense like the Chargers. So I am sitting the Cardinals this week versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Good luck, buddy. You're gonna need it. Well, I don't need that much. I'm still ahead. So even if you even if you beat me pretty badly, uh, I'm still. Uh, I think I'm starting to gain ground, buddy. I, I, I you can just feel it slipping away. All your <laughs> the momentum. All your hopes. Boop. <laughs> I, I just need to call a timeout, and that'll be it'll be over. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna need a to. Get Dickie V on the phone. Get a to, baby. <laughs> uh, well, folks, that's going to do it for this week here at the Nine Route. Week 12 starts and sits. Uh, again, it's Thanksgiving week, and we do want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who listens. Please subscribe. We appreciate that you do that. Again, if you listen to the podcast full bore, if you just want to throw us some support out there, whether you're in the community uh, as a favor friend to friend or, again, a loyal listener to the show or just somebody who likes to help people out, uh, in this time, in this season of giving, we ask that you give us a little, a little push. We do appreciate that, folks. Again, you can check us out multiple platforms. We are our website www.thenineroundffb.com. You can drop us a line at thenineroundffb at gmail.com if you want to shoot us a message that way. Social media wise, we are available on Twitter. We are at the nine route one. Uh, I am also available at Scott from Delco. Uh, again, you know, give us a holler. We'd love to hear from you and see what you like, what you don't like uh, about us and the show. If you think we're we're idiots, or at least I am, you know, and, and I would not, I would not fight you on that. I would agree a hundred percent. But again, we do appreciate everything. We are also going to give a big shout out to our friends at Mickey's Portacol Pub. It's a great place, folks. Uh, Three twenty-seven East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey. It, it's just one of those places that we really want you to, you know, if you're in the area, obviously, you know, if you're in California listening, hey, you want to fly in, you know, you could fly into Atlantic City, take a little ride up the coast and, and shoot over. But for those that are in the area, again, great food. Gang over there uh, are good friends of ours, and we do appreciate it. Pat, uh, you know, again, I, I thank you. Also, I, I know, you know, sometimes I'm not able to get into it as much, but I know you put a lot of work into everything with the editing, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I know you're getting ready to um, celebrate a, a big day too, right? Something coming up? Well, technically passed, but thank you. Yes. I know, uh, I know. But we uh, we had our 17th, my wife and I had our 17th uh, wedding anniversary on the 17th of November. We are, we are getting ready to celebrate it. We'll actually be done celebrating it by the time this episode actually gets released. But uh, yes, thank you very much. And and I would like to say, since people that are listening to this will be listening to it on Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful for your friendship. We've been really good friends for, geez, man, as long as I can remember having friends. And uh, I remember having this this idea and this is something that you and I have kind of jokingly talked about for a while and and I remember when I finally decided like hey man I, I want to do a podcast and I, I want to do it with one of my best friends and somebody who just gets me and and gets fantasy football and uh, it's been it's been a wild ride it's been fun but I am definitely thankful that you said yes when I came to you with this crazy idea. Wow. Speaking of anniversary, he said yes. <laughs> Folks, it's 2022. We're coming out. Uh, no, just uh, but no, I do. And Pat, same. I, I do. I love you, brother. And again, I, this is a lot of fun. And, you know, again, we're we're starting to see that, you know, again, we 
we do know some things. We don't know everything, but we know some things. And one thing I do know is that it's a pleasure doing this with you. And we do appreciate everybody out there. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully again, you know, you start to give us some some hoots and hollers and, and we'll look forward to you. Um, and again, another big quick hit. Uh, USA World Cup starts today. Mm. Uh, the real football, not this American football. Uh, <laughs> taking off uh, two o'clock this. Uh, yeah, probably in about yeah. 10 minutes. Game's ten going minutes, on against yep. Wales, not the uh, animal, not the mammal. Uh, we're yeah. talking about uh, <laughs> we're talking about in soccer. Yeah, we're, we're, we're throw there. a beluga in front of the uh, net there. Ooh. And yes, yes, because. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no gloves needed. Yeah, already got flippers. But uh, yeah, they got uh, they got a tough group. It's Wales, who is no slouch. England, uh, who is one of the top teams and favorites, and Iran. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, uh, pulling for the boys, Christian Pulisic, and, and he's one of my one of my heroes here. He's he's on my club team that I'm a fan of, Chelsea. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping the boys maybe maybe go deep. You know, I'd like to see him make that the round of. Round of 16, get into the playoffs, and once you get in there, you never know what could happen. But, again, we're going for Team USA as well uh, in the real football, not fantasy reality football. It's football. <laughs> Foos, the foosball. What you talking about, the foosball? All right. Let's uh, let's let's close this out for the day. I think we, uh, you know, hopefully everyone listening to this has a, a great holiday, a great Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, hopefully have some wins to be thankful for by the end of the week. I think that's going to be it for us. Scott, you want to send us out of here? For Pat, I am Scott. Folks, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your holiday. And we'll catch you next week, week 13. Peace.